Welcome to Foothills Youth Podcast, where we help people follow Jesus. I hope these resources are a blessing to you. We are a student ministry based out of Northwest Calgary, and our hope, our desire, is that we see students become resilient disciples in a post-Christian nation. So may this podcast just be a blessing to you in your journey. Hey everybody, welcome to the podcast. Uh, this week's a little different. It's uh, Nick and I are rotating on a on a solo sermon basis sort of thing. So we're really excited about it. Um, this week I'm taking Mark 6 uh, verses 7 to 13. And then next week uh, he is going to be taking the uh, Jesus calming the storm story, which is really amazing. And I'm, I'm really excited about it. Um, it's summertime. Like it's it's crazy. Like there's there's so much happening in our world right now. There's so much happening um, on on social media. And, and I hope that you, as Jesus followers, are are keeping track of what's going on in your world. Um, and, and and my challenge to you, and I'm not even this isn't even part of my sermon, but uh, my challenge to you is that uh, we would, as Jesus followers in being able to know what's happening in our world, be learning and adjusting, not adjusting, it'll be, um, be ready to apply the gospel and know how you would communicate it to these people who would have certain viewpoints um, or, or into certain situations. And where does, where does Jesus bring hope? Um, if you're listening to this um, and, and, just for for context, we're we're in the first week of June, and uh, and so the George Floyd um, and and a number of other uh, s- situations and and um, heartbreaking scenarios have have taken place the last couple of weeks, and 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 the first, um, in my, at least in my own memory, um, it was caught on video. And, and so there's been this big blow up of response and I think it's great. And my prayer is, is that this wouldn't just be a trend, um, but rather this would actually, as the church, we would be pushed and step into uh, this place in this arena of social justice, ready for, ready with the presence of Jesus. So if you're, um, I have a few things for you. If you're sitting here and this doesn't affect you at all, or you don't feel affected by this at all, my encouragement would just be ask the Holy Spirit to break your heart for what breaks His. Uh, and then find out how you can get involved, whether that's financially, whether that's um, perhaps taking part in a peaceful protest. Um, whatever that might look like in your life, uh, it's... Uh, it's it's time to get in. It's time to get involved. It's time to um, speak up into areas where um, where Jesus needs to be spoken into, and so that's my encouragement. It's my hope. It's my prayer that the the church would step up and and into the places that it needs to be, uh, and talking about the things that need to be talked about. So, anyways, that's my 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 intro rant. Um, that's that's where I'm at. Uh, please be praying um, for our neighbors to the south in the states, but also our own nation. Uh, that God and God and His glory and His peace and His presence would would be poured over our leadership and into our neighborhoods and um, into the wounds that are are centuries deep. Uh, yeah. So, anyways, on that note. Um, Mark 6, 7 to 13, 
Let me let me read it for you. Um, I'm going to be reading it from the NIV for us. Um, so uh, it's a it's an amazing passage. It's it's Jesus sending his disciples out, um, and uh, there's a few places that this story happens um, in uh, in in the Gospels. Matthew, I believe it's ten. Uh, and and Luke, I actually don't know where if it is in Luke. But anyways, um, but we're looking at Mark. So um, let me just read it for you, and, and then I'll just jump into some of my thoughts, some of what I sense God saying, and, and we'll rock and roll. So Mark 6, uh, 7 to 13. Calling the twelve to him, he began to send them out two by two and gave them authority over impure spirits. These were his, his instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff. No bread, no bag, no money in your belt. Wear sandals, but not an extra shirt. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. They went out and preached that people should repent. They drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. So, this is sort of a how do you live out your calling? What do you need to live out your calling? There's a, there's so much in this passage and I'm 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 grateful that uh, the, this podcast gives us kind of an opportunity to to give a, a deeper dive into what into what we talk about on Wednesday nights. Um, so, what you need, I'm I'm going to go verse by verse on this one and and just kind of break it down as I as I see and as I've read. Um, so, he calls the twelve. Uh, this is kind of like a, a representation representation of of the call that Christ has on all of us. Now and we we've talked in the past couple of weeks about like this idea of of general calling, like the thing that God calls all of us to to be a part of His kingdom, to see it move forward and into all the world. Um, Matthew twenty eight to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit. This is something that we all have a part of. Now this is not exactly. Um, he includes a little bit of other uh, other aspects to this specific call and this practice thing. Um, but the thing I want I want to I want to point out is that this is like this 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 call is is personal, and it's not secondhand. What do I mean by secondhand? I mean that that we don't hear this calling through a hierarchical system, like like Jesus is is the boss, and so he's. There, there are there are other believers who are in different levels of authority um, that pass down the thing that they hear from God and and speak it to us. Like that's just that's not the kingdom of God. There are we are the priesthood of all believers. We all have access to the presence of God, and and so the thing I want us to hear is that Jesus is not hierarchically separated from us. So unlike a CEO who probably wouldn't give instruction to like say uh, an entry level position so for example i worked for a house building company um, one summer and i was saving up money um, i think it was for school or maybe for it was a ring i i can't remember exactly but um i was for a trip i was going on uh, that's the at the end of the summer and uh and so I didn't get my, I, I had a, I had a supervisor and, and then I had somebody who was actually there who was basically doing the same position that I was, but had been there longer, had more experience and, and I kind of got what I needed to do from, 
from her and then from my, my supervisor as well. Um, I, I didn't hear from the owners of the company basically at all. I, I would, I would pass by them, but their, their responsibility was to other and bigger things. I, I just cleaned the houses. Uh, I was a, I was a laborer. So I, I cleaned up what I needed to. I made sure things were ready for different, uh, trades to come into houses that were being built, all of that sort of stuff. And, and I never really had any interaction with the CEOs. Um, they, they didn't have any need to, there was already the proper, proper authority in place to make sure that I did what I needed to. Jesus doesn't work this way. Jesus addresses his friends, disciples, apprentices, followers, whatever verbiage you want to put around it, directly through the Holy Spirit, through a different means. And we've kind of, we broke down the different calls, but I just want to review them again is, is sometimes he does it through other people. So, that doesn't mean that we are below or, or don't have the same access to God that other people have, but he uses others to affirm what God has called us to. It's through prayer when we ask. Um, for those who are part of our youth ministry, I've told my story about how I came to be a pastor um, and, and the way that God affirmed that um, through the Word, through the Bible. And then there's the, the other areas that you know, some people kind of get uncomfortable in, and that's in, in the area of visions and dreams. And I'm not going to go into those in depth for this because I think that's not exactly what we're talking about. But but just to say that, that Jesus' call is personal. It's not secondhand. He, we don't come about this from um, Jesus speaking down through the chain of command till eventually it comes to us. It comes from Jesus. He calls us friends. If you look in the end of, of, of in, in John 13 to 17, in the upper room discourse, where Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he calls them friends. Um, servants don't know what their masters are doing, but he calls them friends. So he partners. We partner with him in what he's doing. God uses humans to accomplish his mission. So you, listening, that's you. He partners, will partner with you if you are obedient, if you are on board, if you are ready to pay the price of whatever the call that God that might have, he might have on your heart. Um, but the second part of this is that um, Jesus sends them after preparation. Now, Jesus had shown them what he was sending them to do up until this point. Uh, he had done a bunch of ministry things. He had kicked out demons. He had um, preached. He had taught. He had called people to repentance. All of these things. And then he says, okay, go, which is a beautiful like way uh, of teaching, I think, in that he he preps them. He doesn't just send them out. And I, I think I need to, the, maybe one of the areas in my own ministry is the amount of times that I've just sent people or called people to just go do without the prep, without going and doing it either with them and letting them see how kind of to do that or et cetera, et cetera. Um, but Jesus shows us and his example is in the Bible. We can see that. We can see his example. We know what's happening. And, and I think that this, he uses a, a, like different learning styles. So I've got like the four learning styles that, that are, are pretty typical when it comes to education. Um, and I think Jesus uses all of them. You got visual, you know, people need to see the info to learn. You got the auditory, the people who need to hear it, the kinesthetic, uh, the, the people who need to be hands-on, need to do it actually to learn. And then there's the reading and writing part, which I mean, maybe not so much in Jesus's ministry, but, but Jesus like activates these learning styles with his disciples, they watch him, they hear him, and now they're going to learn by going and doing it, which I think is like, I think it's just an amazing way to teach people. Um, 
and and so I uh, I think that Jesus Jesus does an excellent job of 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 equipping, and we can learn just by looking at His example in in the Bible. And but also then this is where the body comes in, watching others who do it and do the same. Um, when when it comes to apprenticeship. Jesus uses these these different learning styles to to teach his disciples and then tend to, uh, tells or sends them to do the same. And then the second thing he does is he he sends them out in pairs, which I think is interesting and I think it's actually sort of relieving because it kind of feels like Christianity can be a bit of a lone ranger um, mission at times where we have our friends, we have our circles, and we need to go and, and, and minister to those people ourselves. But he sends them out in pairs. Now, you're talking about like specific ministry stuff and doing it in pairs. I think Mormons do this really well. If you've ever had Mormons knock on your door, there's usually two of them. Um, but, but that aside, just think about it for a second. How much less intimidating is it to do new things with somebody else? Like you're stepping into a new environment, new culture, new something or other, whatever it is. How much easier? A new school. Okay, for those of you who've gone from junior high to senior high um, or, or elementary to junior high, like how, and you had to move schools, how much better did it make it, that transition, when you had friends who were moving and transitioning with you? Like it's huge. Like there's so many benefits to doing just stuff at period together. You've got support. You've got accountability. Um, it keeps our egos in check. It increases our commitment. I literally this morning I just started a uh, a fitness challenge with a couple of buddies of mine, and uh, <laughs> and I'm I've if I had started this on my own I wouldn't have even started it on my own. I have motivation to do it because I my buddies I see they are they're tracking. We're all putting our information and in what we're what we're doing. Um, in uh we're, we're doing all of that and we're putting it onto a uh a google doc or a, a google excel that sort of thing um and uh, and so like there's just there's so much so much to doing things together you're way more effective with someone else i know i don't you might be a lone ranger. You might be somebody who hates group projects. But let me tell you this. You, you are better in some way, shape, or form doing things together. Now, I think the beauty of this is that when we are, uh, when it comes to the, the apprenticeship of Jesus, the followership of Jesus, there is something, there's something about living and doing that with somebody else, with a friend, the brother and sister in Christ. When I moved down to the Bahamas um, to go and, and, and pastor down there, I, I can't imagine doing it without Nicole. Now, I, I'm not saying that you have to be married and do this as, as married partners, but this is my, this is my experience, this is my story. Um, having that somebody walk into the unknown, walk into the uncomfortable together, changed everything so think about it in your schools in your contexts in your circles how much more how much more effective brave would do you think you would be if you did it with somebody else how much relief would there be if they will 
if you would step into that with somebody else. I think, it would, I think we would see so much. I think that we would see people step out in greater ways. So then there's this authority over unclean spirits. Now, I know there's no real transition there. Um, but, but it's part of what Jesus calls them to. He gives them authority over unclean spirits. A.K.A. We have what we need to defeat the enemy. Now, there is an authority that Jesus gives us. Now, again, if we want to go back to the Great Commission, he talks about that. Uh, all authority on heaven and on earth has been given to me. So he calls us then out of that authority, sends us out in that authority, gives us the authority that Jesus has. You read Mark just alone. There is so much spiritual warfare that happens. And Jesus walks around with authority. There's no fear there. We fight an enemy of our soul, um, but it's for the kingdom. It's for his glory. So, but there are sometimes there, are, so it's stepping into that authority, that, that boldness of, of calling, calling us to step into the authority of Jesus to see the kingdom of darkness pushed back. Now there are stumbling blocks in our authority, in this authority that's been given to us. Sin is the biggest one. Um, we do not give the enemy a foothold. That's just a side note. A foothold can be any area of sin that you've allowed. Uh, you've stepped into temptation. You have basically given up ground in your own life to the enemy. You've given up authority. You have less authority when you are um, actively walking in sin. So in order to be able to walk in as much authority as possible, there's got to be no secrets in your life. Now, we talked a little bit about that last week. So I won't go into that too much. But, but here's, here's the key point that I want you to hear in all of this is that the key to greater authority is greater intimacy. And authority in the kingdom of God is not the same as authority in the way we would define or live it in our world. Now, authority is power over people in the world. So I'm, um, I'm, I'm a youth pastor, so I, there's, there's not a lot of people if any, like under me per se. Um, but you go back to the example of the CEO. You know, the CEO, the top of the food chain, has authority over those below him. Now, but here's the difference between where the kingdom of God and our world um, kind of are, are, are opposites. Because authority in the kingdom of, of God is authority over the kingdom of darkness. Authority is speaking life into the people of the world to bring this freedom that Jesus purchased on the cross. So you get that? The, this idea, there's so much to authority. And I really wish I could actually give some more time in around this because I think that um, A, walking in pairs, doing, living and, and, and doing ministry together in the authority that Jesus gives us, we would see our city changed. We'd see not just people healed, people set free, um, but we would see um, people step into the kingdom of God and then continue to do so together. It'd be amazing. All right, so that's just verse 7. That's just the first verse. We got a few things we got to get through. So um, verse 8 to 9, Jesus tells his disciples what to take. Uh, it's pretty slim pickings, not a lot. Don't bring an extra shirt. You can wear sandals. That's okay. Don't bring any money. Like, it's, it's, 
Not a lot. I, I, a good buddy of mine, and, and and maybe some of you listening would know him, uh, Jordan Wiesner. I was in a I was in a preaching class with him a couple of weeks ago, and he had this great line um, about what you need for kingdom centered life. And this is what he said. He said, "What you need for a kingdom centered life is not what you think you need. What you need for a kingdom centered life is not what you think you need." So, Jay Wiesner, if you're listening, credit where credit is due, my friends. A great line. But what does that mean? It means that we don't actually, what we think we need before we step into a place of authoritatively given ministry, outreach, evangelism, whatever it is, it's not what you think you need. Faith is involved. Stepping out into a place where say you say, Jesus, if you don't show up, I'm going to look like a a bozo. (laughs) Kingdom preparation is a preparation and obedience of the soul. So, what you need for a kingdom-centered life, for ministry, it's more than just people who are willing to click follow on your TikTok profile. You don't need a certain amount of followers. On Instagram, on TikTok, on Snapchat. I know there's no followers on Snapchat, but like, you get my meaning. You may not think you have influence, but that's the difference between worldly authority and kingdom authority. It's the unassuming people who bring renewal to places. I mean, look at who God calls. Like Elisha, for one. Like Elijah, big prophet, kills. kills. Well, he basically like shows up a bunch of um, idol worshipers. And who does God call? Elisha, who's plowing with his oxen to take his place. It's unassuming people. So let me let me let you in on something. It's not the faces of the church that will lead revivals. It's not the, the, the lead pastors necessarily. They facilitate it perhaps to an extent. But really where the kingdom of God where ground is really one is people who are willing to pray together in the quiet places. Who find greater authority because they have greater intimacy. So what do you need to live a life of authority? To live a life of obedience, of boldness and of intimacy? It's not what you think you need. I'm I am by nature an overpacker. I take more than I think I'll need. Why? Because I fear that I won't have enough. <laughs> so what stops us from living this sort of life? This calling out doing ministry in pairs and with authority. It's fear that what we have, what we bring and who we are is not going to be enough. We're scared that what we have it will not be enough. See, here's the here's the thing. Credentials for the kingdom are not given. Oh, I'm sorry. I messed that line up. That was supposed to be really powerful. (laughs) Credentials for the kingdom are given. They're not earned. Credentials for the kingdom are given, not earned. The authority, the intimacy, the boldness, that's all gifts 
of God's Holy Spirit. The only credential, in my opinion, starting, ploy, starting place, if anything, that you need for the kingdom is obedience. And there's three things in that. You listen to Jesus. You watch what he does. And then you do what Jesus does. And the only reason we are able to do what Jesus did is because of God's Holy Spirit in us. Okay? So what you need for a kingdom center life is not what you need, what you, what, not what you think you need. It's obedience. The rest is given. But we need to be willing to go. Verse 10 to 11. Whenever you enter a house, stay there until you leave that town. And if any place will not welcome you or listen to you, leave that place and shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Now there's a happy statement. Um, so let me give you some context. Jesus had literally just come from his hometown. His hometown and was rejected. He did some healings. But nobody would accept his message. So here's the one thing I think I see in this is that we as Jesus followers, Jesus kind of gives a heads up. It's like, you got to know there's going to be resistance to the message. You got to know there's going to be resistance to the gospel. This mission that God is sending us on is not a completely successful mission by human standards. So let me ask you a question. Are you ready for when your obedience to the kingdom comes up against worldly resistance? So, you, you, you are doing ministry with someone. You're walking in authority and intimacy with God. And boom, somebody resists what you're doing. Someone speaks up against it. Somebody posts on their Instagram story what you're doing and twists it and words it in ways that aren't actually what you're doing. You're made fun of. All of a sudden, word gets around that you're a Christian and it's not exactly culturally popular to be that. What do you do? Notice what Jesus says. When you come into and up against this, he doesn't say, he doesn't say, beat them over the head with the Bible till they get it. <laughs> he says, when you leave, shake the dust off your feet as a testimony against them. Here's one thing about what Jesus does that I think is important to note. Is that yes, he shakes off your, the dust off your feet as a testimony against them, and 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 in Matthew he talks about it'll be worse for them for than, or maybe it's continuing in Matthew. I can't remember exactly, but um, or in Mark he says it'll be worse for that town than those who are in Sodom and Gomorrah. Like that's a big that's a big deal. Um, but but what Jesus does is I think is important. Is even in places where he's rejected, where he comes up against resistance, against persecution, he goes back to. So here's my, my word of encouragement to you, is when you face this resistance, yes, know that it's going to happen. But those who reject the kingdom life in you, they cannot be forced or coerced into the kingdom. But you can continue to live your kingdom-centered life in their presence. Because you will face people who won't listen. You'll face people who won't listen. And I think that's honestly one of the biggest stumbling blocks for us to walk in, in this authority. 
in this boldness and this intimacy. Because we're scared of the resistance. Our culture is a this uh, this cancel culture, which um, to be completely honest. Um, it's, it's, it's this idea that you, there's a boycott of an individual who shares a questionable or controversial opinion. Now, Jesus, Jesus shows us a, a better truth. And he says, be ready for this. But keep going. There are people who need to know the love of Christ. So, my encouragement. Know it's coming. Know that the people who come up against you, they won't be forced or coerced into the kingdom, but keep living a kingdom-centered life in their presence. Because Jesus says he, he doesn't wish that anyone would perish, but rather come to know him and find life. Which leads us into... Verse twelve and thirteen. And 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 them going out and preaching that the people should repent. The disciples drove out many demons and anointed many sick people with oil and healed them. Now I'm not gonna break each one of those things down specifically, but the message is of repentance. And for us in our culture today, we live in a culture where the narrative is you can make you to be whoever you want to be. And if anybody speaks against that, it's bigoted and it's wrong. But there's no life in that. Because what happens is we become a slave to the thing we want to become but never will. Because the pressure is always on to be that, to do that, to say that. What the gospel message is, is that Jesus gives us an identity. He gives it. Remember, it's not earned. So there needs to, there for us, needs to be a repentance of self. Not just about what we have done, but who we are. And how much we want to be God above God himself. Freedom comes in the name of Jesus, in the authority of Jesus. And these signs, these healings and casting out demons, they're, they're a side effect of those walking in intimacy and authority of Jesus. They're a means, not an end. So, that all said, it's about walking in authority. The call that he has on your life is personal. It takes obedience, but what we need for it is actually given. We're going to come up against resistance. And the gospel message speaks to our cultural narrative. So that the kingdom of God might come in a greater measure. Thanks for joining me. I, I so appreciate it. And uh, my prayer is that we would come to walk in this intimacy and boldness together for the kingdom and the power and the glory. In Jesus' name be glorified.
Love you guys. See you next week.